You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Live from Hampton Roads in the heart of the 757, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Rex Ryan, one of the great characters in all of football, might be getting back into actual football rather than talking about football. Rex Ryan, according to Ian Rappaport, is the leader in the clubhouse to be the Denver Broncos defensive coordinator. Do you want him? Right now, you, listening, you are a GM, you are a head coach, and you are putting together your coaching staff. Do you want Rex Ryan calling the shots for your defense? Particularly if you're an offensive-minded head coach like Sean Payton, so you'd probably like to throw the keys to the defense to your defensive coordinator and say, you got that side, I got this side, we'll meet on Sundays. Is Rex Ryan your guy? 757-687-9494. Try to put yourself in that decision-making room, in that room where it happens. 757-687-9494. I'll tell you right now, my interview with Rex Ryan would likely be one question. Because you know he can he can put together a great defense. He was a part of those uh, early 2000s Ravens defenses that were fantastic. He was a part of those Jets defenses that carried the Mark Sanchez offense to a couple AFC championship games. Even his Bills defenses, very good. You know he can put together a defense, and you know he hasn't been completely away from the game because he's been on ESPN talking about the game. So it's not like he you know, went to Rome and, and learned to paint for six years, and now you're trying to bring him back to a league that has passed him by. Although, you can imagine what the paintings from Rome, from Rex Ryan, would would be like. Probably a lot of feet. Um, My question, my interview, right? I'd fly him in all the way from Bristol or wherever he does all his NFL ESPN stuff to Denver. I'd bring him over probably for like a dinner, right? I don't know how these interviews work, uh, but we wouldn't have to do it at a facility. It'd be a quick interview. We'd sit down, I'd look at him and go, there's one thing I want to know before I hire you, Rex Ryan, as my defensive coordinator. Be honest with me, although I do feel like you are somebody that is quite up front. Did you actually believe all those wild takes you were making on television, or were you just saying that wild and crazy nonsense because it's good television? And I just want him to look at me and go, Yeah, we make up crazy things for TV. And I'd go, all right, fine, you're hired. But if he says, I believed it, ooh, okay. Uh, In that case, I have a list of about 70 things I want you to try to justify because you set them on TV, and I can't have my defensive coordinator thinking that's true. Like, this, this is not an easy division. I can't have you out there spewing the nonsense you were spewing on uh, NFL Live, NFL Primetime, NFL Countdown, any of the NFLs. You're, if you were going for clickbait, that's fine. Hustle, get paid, get your media money. Ooh, who cares? Right? If you were just, if you were just out there looking for, for retweets and you wanted to go viral, it's all good. I just need you to, I need you to say that. Because you aren't easing into being a coordinator. This isn't like, oh, you know, I think I'm, 
you know, you work out for a long time and then you don't for a long time, you don't jump right back in and throw 315 on the bar, right? Throw 135 on there, rep it for 20 reps. You ease into it. That's not what he would be doing. He would he would be leaving the Bills when he was trying to get get Brady out of the top of the division. And he'd be coming into the AFC West where he's trying to get Mahomes out of the top of the division. That's jumping from one treadmill set to 30 to another treadmill set to 30. Oh, and by the way, it's not just Mahomes, it's it's Herbert. And it's not just Mahomes and Herbert, it's Andy Reid. And now Kellen Moore's in the mix. Like, there, 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 there's nothing easy about this. So I need to know from you, Rex, you were just being clickbaity, right? Normally, Bart Scott, he's accused of being clickbaity. Uh, he's another member of, of ESPN's NFL analyst stable. Um, but this one, he actually has a little bit more insight on. He played for Rex Ryan when he was a, a member of some of the best defenses in, in the league, both in Baltimore and with the New York Jets. So Bart Scott on GetUp talking about Rex Ryan with a little bit of insight. Listen, we all know teachers going to teach. And I know he loves doing television, but at the end of the day, he's a football guy and he likes to do football things. Listen, you talk about a guy that was a head coach and a coordinator for 12 seasons. His defense has finished in the top 10 nine times. And I'm not even going to count how many times they finished first. That will be lethal. If you're going to see what, you know, what Patrick Mahomes is and the fact that he said he's going to terrorize that division, you need a Rex Ryan in your life to have a shot. You need a Rex Ryan in your life to have a shot. The one thing I do like about Rex. Actually, there's a lot I like about Rex uh, from a defensive coordinator standpoint. Um, he can't be the the face of a defense of a team when he's the defensive coordinator. I think that got to his his head a little bit. He likes the spotlight, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? You don't like a, a sports radio host talking down at someone else for wanting the spotlight would be the pot calling the kettle black, right? It it, it would be like uh, if you looked in the mirror recently. You think there's enough people out there that want to listen to you talk for three hours a day. You're going to say someone else likes the spotlight. Like, I get it. I completely understand it. I just think Rex Ryan, when he focuses on the defense, is unbelievably talented. And and when you are going up against someone like Patrick Mahomes or someone like Justin Herbert, you need someone with a little bit of, of chutzpah. You need someone with a little bit of gall, to use the, the, the Stephen A. Smith term. Unmitigated gall. Right, The thing that, that I remember from Rex Ryan's defenses is that when the game was on the line, he was going to blitz the ever-loving stuff out of you. Right, There are not that many people on the planet that would stare at a Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense in a clutch moment and say, we are going to blitz the ever-loving stuff out of you. Now, that can, that can burn you, right? But Rex Ryan's not afraid of getting burned. Like, you have to play the percentages. You could play it really conservative against those guys, too. That might burn you also. You have to decide what is the best defense for that particular situation, and you have to throw everything you possibly can behind it. And I do not strike, or Rex Ryan does not strike me as somebody that makes a bunch of uh, half-stepping decisions. Right, he's a cannonball into the pool guy, not a let me dip my foot in and see what the temperature is first. And it might take that kind of boldness to really have a chance in that division. 
Now, I don't think the Broncos really have a chance in that division, but that doesn't mean you don't go down swinging. By the way, they're going to have the best team of 2014. They're going to have Sean Payton calling the plays, Russell Wilson out there. They're going to have Rex Ryan running the defense. I mean, if this were 2014, 2015, you better watch out for the Broncos. You know what would be the best part about that for him? Patrick Mahomes would be at Texas A&M. Or sorry, Texas Tech, not Texas A&M. Texas Tech. Justin Herbert would probably be in like middle school somewhere. They'd be like, all right, yeah, we can we can take on Alex Smith and late career Phillip Rivers. And Stetson Bennett would just be starting at Georgia. Stetson Bennett would be in his fourth year at Georgia. Yep. Stetson, 2014, Stetson Bennett would have been 27. That guy takes so many ricochet shots on this show. It is absolutely ridiculous. Sorry, Stetson. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Text line open, 757-687-9494. The call-in line also open, 757-687-9494. Robbie, what are they saying in the text line? From the 757, the Broncos have an excellent defense. It's not like Rex can go there and mess anything up. Sure, give the guy another job famous last words that's not to say that rex ryan is going to mess it up but there is a hundred percent ways that it could be messed up it's actually one of the the ready this is where i dive into fantasy football and half of you go nobody cares about your fantasy football team but it's an observation that i think carries weight outside of the fantasy world it is like a it is a not like a it is a known thing in the fantasy world that teams do not repeat as the number one defense last year's running back one good chance he could be this year's running back one last year's quarterback one as likely as anybody to be next year's quarterback one this year's defense that scores the most fantasy points is almost never i mean you got to go back decades to find one that repeated it is very 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 difficult to have a great defense year over year think of the teams that have won super bowls with defense Right, The early, ironically, Rex Ryan was a part of it, early 2000s Ravens. Did they come back and win a bunch the next year? Did they become a dynasty? No. Shortly after that, the uh, the Gruden Buccaneers, Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and Rondé Barber, did they come back and win a whole bunch? Did they become a dynasty? No. Uh, the 2015 Broncos, did they become a dynasty? No. Meanwhile, when a team wins with uh, all-time great offense, they win like Two, three, four, they become dynasties. It's because it's very difficult to have a great defense year over year. So saying last year's Denver team had a great defense, so what is he going to do to mess it up? I think it's more what does he have to do to keep them elite because that's the more difficult part. Again, Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Eric Bieniemy, likely right now, is in Washington interviewing the div- sorry offensive coordinator position what would bring eric bienemy to washington and what would washington bring to eric bienemy and what would eric bienemy bring to washington i think those are three different questions with all the same words that's coming up next stick around the biggest sports talk show in the heart of the sun belt universe the tim donnelly show on priority auto sports radio 94.1 you only had one shot I've said say this every time. Every time this is our rejoin music, I want to work one shot, one opportunity into the first sentence I say coming out of the break. 
It's a Tim Donnelly show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. Eric Bieniemy's had 9,000 shots to show everybody what he can do as a Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, and it hasn't been enough for the NFL. So we know why he's leaving Kansas City, most likely. Possibly, maybe. But what does he bring with him when he leaves Kansas City? If he leaves Kansas City, possibly, maybe. And and what would he bring to Washington, which is where he is interviewing today? Eric Bieniemy interviewing in Washington for the commander's offensive coordinator job today. What would he bring to the commanders? First of all, more details on why he's leaving Mike Tannenbaum. If I'm him, I got to strongly consider it because the marketplace, right or wrong guys, isn't considering. He's just not getting the credit he deserves. I'm surprised that we're sitting here that he still doesn't have a head coaching job. I could see why he would want to go someplace else um, to show the marketplace you know, just how good he is. Well, if you get something out of this Washington offense with a fifth-round, second-year quarterback with one career start, you'll show everybody how good you are. So we know why Biennemi might be looking to bounce. What does he bring? What is the appeal to Washington other than he's been in the room with Mahomes and Andy Reid? This is what he brings to Washington. If you bring in Eric Bieniemy with his wealth of experience and knowledge, if the offense doesn't work and Eric Bieniemy is running the offense, it'd be mighty difficult to scapegoat the offensive coordinator. Right, he, he brings a certain level of we know what he does works because he has just done it for one of the most successful offensive runs in NFL history. So we can't exactly just go, well, it's all his fault if things go poor. Now, I, I hear what you're saying. The enemy doesn't necessarily call the plays for the Chiefs. I get it. But it's more complicated than that. And, and I've been trying to explain this for years. Because it's, well, why didn't Benjamin get a head coaching job? Because he doesn't call the plays. But he kind of calls the plays. But he doesn't really call the plays. But how much experience do you need? But why didn't that stop Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy from getting head coaching jobs working for Andy? Here's how it happens, okay? And and this comes from, like, straight from the, the horse's mouths, right? The the people and the, the coaches within that organization have told the media this over the years. It just it gets lost in the shuffle every single time. Biennemi isn't the one deciding which place to run while the play clock is ticking, right? So when a first play or first down play is, is marked down and they put 40 seconds on the clock, he's not the one deciding in that moment what to do for the next play. But he is the one that's telling Patrick Mahomes. So what happens is Andy Reid tells Biennemi what play he wants to run and Biennemi relays it into the headset for Patrick Mahomes. And it, and it likely, now this is me inferring, it likely is Andy Reid not even giving the full play, right? Like you've all seen the the mic dups, right? We need we need right rocket laser X niner X under H pivot R Denver. Like whatever those things are, like the ridiculously 62 check, check with me, all the uh, Kari, all those things. I just named like seven different words that were in our offense in college, but not in any of the right places that they'd be in a play. Still to this day, I'm like, I need to protect the playbook. Don't don't let the the opposing teams figure out what we're doing. Um, 
But Andy Reid doesn't say all of that. Like he's not mimicking word for word. He just gets on the the, the headset with Bianami and goes, uh, "All right, give Pat that shot to the right. Right, hey, give Pat the uh, the the eleven play action Dover, and then all right, cool, jumps on and gives him the full full loud long thing. So he's he's right there in the mix. Also, in between series. Right when the offense is on the sideline and the defense is on the field, the offensive coaches are planning the drive. All right, we want to. Hey, on this next drive, we want to get to this play. We want to get to this play. I think this play action is well set up. We want to get here. We want to get there. His voice is heard. He helps plan each drive. Meaning Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, probably Mahomes, probably the quarterback coach Matt Nagy used to be Mike Kafka. All of these guys all get together. They, they their voice gets heard. If Bieniemy really wants a play called, it probably gets called that next drive. So he knows intimately what the offense is supposed to look like when it's playing well, and he knows intimately what an offense needs to do to be ready to roll on on a Sunday. So he also knows intimately what Washington's offense would need to get to that point. Does that make him a great head coach? I don't know. Right? I think a head coach is a lot more about being a leader of adults and, and understanding locker room dynamics and coaching dynamics. But as a coordinator... He definitely can be almost a smoke detector for that offense. If he's going into Ron Rivera's office every single week saying, this isn't going well, this needs to be fixed, this needs to be fixed, we're working on this, we're doing this, you need to do this, the quarterback needs to do this, we need to get this position upgraded, like all those sorts of things. If it doesn't get done, it's hard to blame him, right? To me, it, it like... They always say, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. To me, if I'm if, if I'm Washington, if I'm Ron Rivera specifically, it is probably the right move if you can get Eric Bieniemy to sign Eric Bieniemy to be your offensive coordinator. But it is also a risky move because, like, you get to the point where there's no more excuses, right? You fire Scott Turner, everyone went, oh, okay, good, it was Scott Turner's fault. I'm not sure you're going to get that that chance again with Eric Bieniemy, right? Similar to like if you sign Derek Carr, it's like okay, we know Derek Carr is a good quarterback. If he plays poorly, it probably has something to do with you, <clears throat> Josh McDaniels, right? Like like there there are certain controls. There's variables and there's controls. Eric Bieniemy becomes a control for that offense. He becomes something that you are extremely aware knows what they're doing. And again, I don't know how that fits into the whole head coach conversation. That is a very, very ex- – we, we could do a whole show on Eric Bieniemy. why is he not a head coach? Eric Bieniemy. why he should be a head coach, why he should have already gotten a chance. Those conversations are extensive. They are detailed. I'm talking about him as an offensive coordinator. He's got two championship rings as an offensive coordinator. He has Patrick Mahomes. He has Andy Reid vouching for him as an offensive coordinator. He has plays that he designed scoring two touchdowns in the Super Bowl last Sunday, and he might have more. We just know he designed the one. The one play call that was on the, the, the goal line called twice, Biennemi was the one that noticed that on film. He was the one that noticed the, the inefficiency in the defense, and he was the one that figured out a way to exploit it. And Andy Reid and Mahomes and all those guys told us that. 
He's going to be able to do that for Washington. He's going to come in on a Tuesday and say, guys, I saw it. This defense, they can't, can, they can't block this. And then if it doesn't get executed, it's going to be like, well, the players weren't good enough. The team wasn't coached well enough. The personnel wasn't there. Someone made a mental error. But but you know that he knows what it looks like to find the, the, the sweet spot in a defense. So if I am a Washington Commanders fan, and I know there are many of you out there, I'm crossing my fingers and I'm hoping that Eric Bieniemy doesn't get on that plane back to Kansas City. You say, listen, we're going to keep you here in the facility until you say yes. Metaphorically, but almost not metaphorically. What do you like for dinner? We're going to order in. It's going to be a long night. We're not leaving until you sign on the dotted line. Don't let him go to Carolina or, and some of these other teams that are looking for an OC. Make him stay right there. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Uh, I don't know if many of you have the opportunity to, to bug out a little early on a Thursday from work, uh, but if you do, if you can, or if you have a television somewhere around your office, Tiger Woods is playing golf right now. First time since 2020 he's playing in a non-major. I'll give you an update on what the GOAT is doing on the golf course coming up right here. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly is talking about Tiger Woods right now on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tiger Woods... The, the, it's been said for a long time. Tiger Woods is the needle in golf. He doesn't move the needle in golf, right? It's not like when he's around, there's more anticipation. It's when he's around, there's an anticipation that is not seen when he is not around. Well, he's currently through five holes at even. One birdie to start, one bogey a couple holes later. Chilling. Should we dance? Because he's he's made it through five holes. Five holes in one swing, by the way, just off the green on hole six. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the, the, the applause there, Robbie. Um, Tiger Woods sitting in a tie for 57th. Now, here's the crazy part about it. Is this this tournament, I'm gonna I'm gonna nerd in golf just for a little bit here, but but I think there's an anecdote in here that even if you are not a golf fan, you'll appreciate. Um even in this tournament, which is, if you pay attention to golf, it's one of the new gigantic purses, right? So there's $20 million on the line for this weekend alone. $20 million will be given away, and it's being played out in California. And and that's massive, right? I mean, if you go back as recently as last year, most of the majors didn't even have $20 million in total prize money. And because of that, you have a wildly impressive field. I believe 23 of the 25 top golfers in the world are going to be in this tournament. There's uh, playing alongside Tiger, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Spieth's playing. Earlier today, you saw John Rahm go very low. Like the biggest names in golf are all playing. This whole television broadcast is Tiger. If you watch the pictures of the course, like I'm looking at one right now, uh, there's a shot. I, I don't know who, who made it, but it was a pretty good one. It was Colin Morikawa, one of the best golfers in the world. And there is gaps in the gallery. You could like, if you just walked up, you could walk right up to the ropes and watch with nobody between you and Colin Morikawa. You look at Tiger Woods and for entire holes ahead of him, 10 deep. Like if he's on, what is he on? He's on six now. He's on the sixth hole. You'd have to go to like the 10th or 11th and and 
post up just to have a semi-good shot, good angle at watching him four holes from now. You have to just stay there. And it reminded me of this story. And I don't know if if this particular person wants the story public because of you'll see the nature of the story. Um, but I was I was talking a ways back with somebody that that played with Tiger. And I'm going to so as a professional golfer on a professional tour was in the same group as Tiger. Um and it's kind of so I to protect identities and things, I'll put it this way. It was a prominent tournament at a prominent course. Okay, so that could be a whole multitude of them. I'm it's likely not the one you're thinking of, but who cares? Uh so it's a professional golfer paired with Tiger, prominent course, prominent tournament. And uh, they're playing, and Tiger's having a little bit of a rough rough go of it or whatever, right? Which for him is probably the best best day of golf for just about anyone else on the planet. And uh, hits a shot he doesn't like off the tee. And he's walking down off the, the tee box, and he takes his three wood, and he breaks a sprinkler. Just lashes out at it, wham, breaks the sprinkler head. Who knows what kind of – he might have damaged the three wood. The guy didn't know. He was like, I don't, I don't think he used it the rest of the – the, the the round, but maybe he didn't need to. Maybe the shot wasn't called for. So he breaks the sprinkler head. Prominent course. Golf is very much not that sport, right? Puts the thing in the bag. You see, he said, you see Tiger like realize, like, man, that was that was dumb. Walks over to a, an official, says, like, you know, hey, that was me. I'll pay for it, whatever you need me to do. Like, I I if there's a penalty involved, whatever. Uh, and they move on and, and this guy's playing with him and he's watching and all he could think was, oh, this is going to be a thing, right? This is all the television, all the, the, like, this is going to be a thing. And then he, he got home and he, right, this was years ago. So there's not as much Twitter and stuff. And, and he saw his wife and he was like, what's everyone saying about tiger and the sprinkler head? She was like, what are you talking about? He's like, what do you mean? What am I talking about? What is it? What is everybody saying? Like, is it on Sports Center? Like, well, what, what is it? I have no idea what you're talking about. They somehow made it so the it never got out. Think about like t- this is Tiger Woods. I just described all the 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 galleries, right? Billion cameras. The broadcast has a camera focused on him every single hole of his life. Right, going back to when he's like 12 years old. The guy was on whatever the the McMahon show when he was three. Okay? And somehow he was able to lash out on a course, do something that if any other golfer did would have been on the not top ten. And 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 nobody heard about it because it's like, no, 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 we don't do that to Tiger. Which, by the way, he just was that for Birdie? That was for Birdie from off the green to two inches. Wildly impressive shot. The touch doesn't leave him. But my point is, this guy is is simultaneously the best the sport has ever seen and also kind of above the sport. And and imagine how that would be treated if it happened in another, another sport, right? Think about if LeBron or Jordan even, like whatever, whoever you think is the equivalent of Tiger in basketball uh, did something like that, right? Missed a shot, got so mad, ran over and broke the scorer's table. And then everyone was just kind of like, let him have his moment. Look away, look away, let him have his moment. Nobody talk about this. The opposing team would be in the post-game press conference going, do you see what what LeBron Jordan did? 
He kicked the, 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 the stanchion and he broke it. Then had to go apologize to the owner of the arena in the middle of the game. But instead, everyone just went like, oh, no, we don't talk about it. And even this guy, like I said, I just told this story as if he might not want it out. Like, this guy might be sitting there going like, you know, you didn't hear it from me because I don't like. And he was retired when he told me this story. So it's not even like, hey, they might not let me back. It's like, you didn't hear it from me because, you know, the the Lord of Golf might come come after me for this one. But he smashed a sprinkler head with his three wood. They don't announce fines in in, uh, in in PGA Tour golf, right? They don't say, uh, this guy suspended, this guy got fined. They just, you know, all of a sudden a guy doesn't play for six months. They say, it's like, it's back injury. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out there that Tiger is the most fined player on the PGA Tour because, he, right, there's always a microphone near him and he's like every other golfer. When you take a bad shot, you're going to say some things that uh, the PGA Tour finds you if they get picked up on a mic on the broadcast. Um, but again, like you never hear about it. It's just, you move on. He hasn't played in a, in a non-major since 2020. He comes back. This is the first one. It's Riviera. It's, it's a, it's a big tournament, $20 million purse. He's paired with Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. That's absurd. He's paired with two of like the four best golfers in the world right now. And then four, I don't know, maybe six, depending on where you have JT. Appreciate greatness. It's one of the mantras of our show. There was a there was a decent opportunity we were not ever going to see this again. When he was in the car accident, even when he was withdrawing from the 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 uh US Open was or the PGA at Southern Hills, when he was withdrawing from that, I was going, you know what? I don't know if we're ever going to see him just play a normal tournament again. So soak it in and pay attention. You might just see something that no one's ever going to talk about again. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. Call and text lines open. If you come with any negative about Tiger, you better watch out. 757-687-9494. And yes, by the way, I have admitted I'm a complete hypocrite for Tiger. I know he hasn't always made the best life decisions, but he's a superhero to me. That's okay. Thank you. 757 687 9494. We have to settle our snake draft. We have to pick a winner and we have to name who's going to be eating the hot wings. We actually have a lot more to get to as well. A lot more uh, decisions to be made around the snake drafts. So uh, you're going to help us with that. Stick around. Snake draft, snake draft, snake draft, snake draft. Ah! It's the Snake Bit Snake Draft on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Snake Bit Snake Draft season, the first of its kind here on the Tim Donnelly Show. All NFL season has come to a close. Now, if you're if you're new here, you haven't been paying attention, that's fine. All season. Every Thursday, we drafted touchdown scores. Now, it was for Thursday night football. When Thursday night football ended, it was for anyone over the weekend. And then as the games got more sparse and sparse by the Super Bowl, it was just for the Super Bowl. Uh, And all we did was we drafted five players. I drafted five. Robbie drafted five. Snake draft style uh, with the goal of picking touchdown scores. One point for one touchdown scored. And we kept a running tally every week. You could add to your tally with the players that you chose. Uh, and, and we kept, a, like I said, the running tally with the understanding that whoever lost 
live here on the Tim Donnelly show, would have to eat the hottest hot wings that we could possibly find. So before we go about our quest to find the hottest hot wings that we can possibly find, we have to know who the winner and who the loser was. Robbie, you've been keeping track. I have been keeping track. Tim, you were uh, you were up by five. Going Before, into the Super Bowl. Going into the Super Bowl. Obviously, we had we, we doubled. doubled the points yep, last Super Bowl week. Super worth two. And you decided to go with the run game. I decided to go with the pass game. You were right. Like you've been right all season. And Tim, you took the lead and you took the victory on the season. 43 points to 34 points. So I, I kind of I dusted you in the Super Bowl. Also. You did. It was not. I mean, Jalen Hurts' three rushing touchdowns. That's six uh, points right did, there. Did, did not help whatsoever. All right. I'm going to bask in this for a second. I'm a very competitive person. I, I enjoy winning. Uh, I, I actually kind of like that yesterday. We were talking about the Super Bowl and the trash talk rules. And the trash talk rules were if you win, you get to talk trash. And if you lose, you kind of just have to, to take it for the team. Uh, so, Robbie, uh, you're going to be eating the hot wings. I sure will. Now, a little bit of background here. When we were in Arizona for the Super Bowl, which was last week, I learned that Robbie and I didn't know this when I when we we kind of made this punishment on the fly. Uh, I did not know that Robbie is very much not a hot food person. He is not a spicy food person. So this is going to be more enjoyable for for me and for the listeners than I think even we expected. At one point in time, we were at a like a airport restaurant and ketchup that they said was like house made. And it has a little kick to it. It was a house-made sriracha. Robbie was struggling with the ketchup. Ketchup inherently is, like, cool. Like, there's there's not much heat there. So we are going to find the hottest hot wings that we can find. If you have an idea in the area, feel free to text it in. 757-687-9494. Um, and and uh, just go ahead and 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 know that it will happen. Now, here's our dilemma. Here's here's where I need your help, more so than even just finding the hottest hot wings. I'm a competitive person, so I like the idea. We used to do snake drafts that were more kind of uh, goofy. We did we did snake drafts every Thursday that were like, draft your, your favorite uh, fictional athlete. Draft to eat while watching a baseball game. And we would do those, and they were fun, and we get some interaction, and you could help us on the text line. Uh, but during football season, we did this little touchdown score thing, and I think it was more fun. I agree. So I think we need to keep it rolling, but I want something that is easy to follow. I I don't want to get into like fantasy points. I don't want to get into prop bets or anything too crazy. So the the one that I came up with was we could go NBA point scores, just draft who's going to score the most points, but it has to be like, we're going to do it every Thursday. So it has to be Thursday night. I don't want to give the whole weekend. Um, was my first kind of option there. But then the numbers are going to get ridiculous. We're, we're like, you pick a couple guys that have 30 or even just like a couple guys that get 10 a night. By the end of the, the one of us could be down like 500. That's true. And and I don't know if that's, that's like, I want to be able to keep it close. So there's usually a decent amount of games on Thursday. I think I might just pick teams to win. You just pick teams and if they win, you 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 get a point. If they lose, you don't. 
Um, but again, I want your feedback on this one. 757-687-9494. What should the new snake draft be? And keep it competitive, okay? Make it so there's something that, that we can tally, something that we can pick. And the hardest part is you need at least 10 of them every time that we do it because we do five on the snake draft. I think I, I like that idea, but also because as other sports become more relevant throughout the season, I mean, we could potentially do basketball, hockey, and baseball all at once if we're just picking teams to win that night. True. There are, you know, especially with baseball season, there's games every single day. It's it's something to keep kind of all the sports relevant and to keep track throughout the year. So so we want your feedback on this one. What we should do for the new snake draft, we'll start it up next week. We'll call this a bye or the off season. So there'll be no nothing on the line. But we also need a new punishment. Because I, I like Robbie's gonna eat the wings. We're gonna do that at some point in the near future. Um He's going to write the, the snot bubbles are going to come out. The, he's going to talk about how his, his lips are burning. We're going to do all that kind of stuff. It's going to be fun. If you've seen Hot Ones, I assume it'll be similar to that, uh, which is a, a internet show, interview show where they eat hot wings. Um, but I think we need a new punishment, right? We don't want to do the same one over again because then it becomes played out. It becomes done. Um, so we need that as well. So go ahead and send in what you think the punishment for the snake draft should be. It has to be something that we fear enough that we really try hard every Thursday, but not something that's going to like ruin our life. Okay. No, like the loser has to get their foot run over by a car or anything crazy. Think of like uh fantasy football league. Some of them have have pretty good punishments, but don't go as far as tattoos. Okay. I see a lot of that too. Like, Oh, if you lose in our fantasy football league, the winner gets to pick a tattoo and you have to put it somewhere on. No, none of that. Stay away from like the SAT. None of us are. I'm not of, taking no SAT. We're not committing five hours on a Saturday morning to anything. Uh, but something we can do on the show that that we can laugh about that stinks and you don't want to do it, but also isn't isn't going to like ruin your week. Something along the lines of like eat the hottest hot wings we can find. So that's the the homework assignment for the listener, okay? That you right now listening. Don't assume someone else is going to do it. It's the assignment to you. What should we be picking on our new Thursday snake drafts? Has to be a competition. And what should the punishment be for the loser at the end of whatever season we decide is, is the end of the season? Those are your two assignments. Get to them now. Send them into our text line, 757-687-9494. Or you can send it to me on Twitter as well. I'll be monitoring there. My Twitter at Donnelly Sports, D O N N E L L Y S P O R T S. I'm also taking suggestions on how how to attack hot wings, the hottest of hot wings. So if you have any suggestions on how I should attack, how I should, how attack. I should prepare mentally, physically, how I should prepare for for the hot wings, I'm taking those suggestions on the text line as well. So please send them in, along with every other thing that Tim just said. The, the the other punishments, the other ideas for snake drafts. I'm taking suggestions on how to to physically, mentally, emotionally prepare to eat the hottest wings that we can find. How do you feel about the Waffle House thing? We're getting a I, lot of those on the text line. I right love now. that idea. I've always wanted to try it. To the be honest, 24 hours in a Waffle House. But every waffle you eat, you take an hour. Correct? Every yeah, exactly. Every waffle you eat, one hour off your time. I don't mind that at all. I. I've seen that. It's that's a big commitment. I don't. I don't know if I want to waste an entire like twenty four hours in a waffle. Got to eat a lot of waffles, though. I mean, how many realistically do you think you would eat? 
Probably like six to eight. Yeah, so you're That's spending still a 18 lot. hours right. in, a, right. in a Waffle House. Tim Donnelly Show. Keep the ideas coming. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You have to sing a song on air. Done. Ooh. Let's let's do that That's, one. No, no, no. I want to give everybody the chance. To, if you're driving, don't text and drive. Send it in when you get home. 757-687-9494. Uh, we'll keep those ideas rolling, and we'll let you know next Thursday what, what we decide on. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I do have a question. Who in the heck was doubting the Chiefs? Who said they wouldn't make the playoffs? Stick around.